Looking for a wallet that is both stylish and practical? Look no further than the Ridge Wallet. The Ridge Wallet is a sleek and modern wallet that is designed to fit in your front pocket. Got that front pocket carry. It's made from durable materials, including carbon fiber and aluminum, so it can withstand daily wear and tear. One of the best features of Ridge Wallet is its compact size. It only has a few millimeters thick, which is more than me, which means you can carry it in your pocket without even noticing it's there. And with its minimalist design, you won't have to worry about bulging pockets or an unsightly wallet outline ruining the line of your clothing. I love Ridge Wallet. I use it all the time. I heard about it on the Theo Vaughn podcast, which is a great podcast. You got to give that a listen. And he always says, got that front pocket carry. And it just echoes in my head whenever I pull it out to charge or if I see it just sitting on the kitchen counter, it just echoes in my head. Got that front pocket carry. Got that front pocket carry. So whether you're looking for a wallet to carry on and night out or a practical everyday option, the Ridge Wallet has you covered. Visit www.ridge.com today and see for yourself why the Ridge Wallet is the ultimate wallet for the modern man or woman. Hey, it's, it's sports betting with Jake and Scott. Um, we've had a good time already and we had we just now started the show, but uh, we got everybody here. The player prop profiteer, Jake West. How you doing, Jake? Doing pretty good, Scott. Nice, yeah. nice. How are and you doing this week? I'm doing good. I have. Uh, I'm doing good now. I'm feeling really good now. Yeah. For the whole week, I was, I was irritable. I was cranky. I was upset. But I'll tell you a little bit about that later. Okay. We also got our new podcast producer. He pretty much does everything at you, Bet Smart. <laughs> <laughs> we also have a guest over here that that uh, that uh, we'll introduce in a second. But the podcast producer Chris Wagner, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Yeah, nice. Just, uh, building our following, or trying to, and getting all our mics working here. And we got we did a little video today that went well. So yes, and that's going to come a little bit later on in the show for the mailbag. Uh, we have one of our subscribers that came on and asked us some questions and kind of went over how he's doing. Uh, signed up at dubclub.win. Um, and then we have a special guest. We're going to get into some stories, maybe some Vegas stories, maybe some 1970s <laughs> disco stories. Maybe some, maybe some 1930s stories. <laughs> we could. I don't know if you were alive then, but you look like you were. <laughs> All right. My father, Tom Malatesta. How are hey, you doing, Dad? I'm doing good. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to be a pretty interesting one. We're going to try to keep it on sports today, but it might veer off. Um, but first, let's get into, we got a lot of stuff to cover today. Let's get into our $10,000 bankrolls. How are you doing financially? I've been broke. I've been broke since 78. <laughs> no. What do you mean, no? What do you mean you've been broke since 78? I don't have, we don't have money. You think athletes have money? Dad, I don't know if you know this, but what we do is we both started, me and Jake started a $10,000 bankroll. So we both invested $10,000. He does player props and I do team bets and we're going to turn it into a million dollars. 
So we have $20,000. We're going to turn it into a million. And Jake gave us a timeline on it. We have to do it in five years. All right. You think we could do it? You can do it. <laughs> you can do it. When did you start? Uh, uh, yesterday. Okay. <laughs> no. We started in November. Where are you now? Okay. We're okay. going to get into that. Jake, where are you at? Uh, profit, $12,474. And since the last episode, I believe that was on the 18th, um, I'm up $6,812. You've had a good week. This is probably your best week in 2023. I think so, yeah. Yes. I was having a losing month until this week. So this week was good, yeah. So your your $10,000 bankroll is at 22000 and then you went up six thousand this week. Yeah, that's amazing. Oh man, got, yeah, got the we, win rate. So back. the twelve thousand is just for your bankroll. Yes, sir. Yeah, Scott's is dwarfing that right now. I'm doing pretty good on team <laughs> bets, which I'm pretty proud of. I've said it before because player props is our, you know, dad, because you've subscribed before. Player props is what we do. It's our bread and butter. But for team, and so I'm on team bets, but I am beating Jake. Yeah. But I'm like soaking that up because I know he's gonna like. <laughs> kill me in the future i so, thought you're you gonna say something where are you now so i'm at 20 i just eclipsed the twenty thousand mark so my ten thousand dollar bankroll is at thirty thousand five hundred and fifty two so i'm up twenty thousand and i get i got a head start though i started in november and jake started at the beginning of the year oh okay so i had a head start so our twenty thousand dollar bankroll is at 50,000. It's over 50,000, right? Cuz you're at 10,000. Yeah. And I'm at 20,000. 12,000 profit, but yes. So we're at 52,000. 52,500 something around there. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, in just 3 months. Yeah. And 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 yeah. uh the crazy thing is is we can't get anybody to sign up. That <laughs> <I> dumb <know>. club. <laughs> we have 10 subscribers. Yeah. We're going to sign you back up, dad. Okay. All right. You don't even have to make the bets. Back in the day when, when you signed up, you, I remember you coming up to us and saying, uh, man, you guys really know what you're doing because you were making money, right? Yeah, I was. I was yeah. making money. But uh, it's pretty in, intensive. Yeah, it's it's good. You, it's, have a lot of, you have a lot going on. It's intense. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. back in the day, we used and, to do like personal text messages. Now we're signed up to this dub club thing where it's a software program that kind of does everything for us. So we just submit our plays and then they send it out to our subscribers. And it's done in a one click. So you get a text or you get a telegram and or you get an email and you click it. And then you go to this page where it shows the bets. But I think what you're saying is we do a lot of bets. Yeah. That's what's intense about it. Yeah, there's that, a lot going on. And uh, there's a lot of, you know, you do everything. You don't just do like NFL football. So that's another thing. You do like soccer and hockey and everything. And yeah, and with hockey, we will do like I think yeah. we do, later on the in the show, you'll hear one of our subscribers in the mailbag. And he mentions that too. He, Jeffrey from Ohio. Uh, Jeff's like, you guys do like hockey shots on goal for one specific player. So it's like we're in the weeds <laughs> of sports betting. Right. It's, in the U.S. Yeah, in if the you US. Were, If you were in Europe, it would be different. But I think it's going to get better because of the World Cup being in L.A. in 2026. I think 
soccer is going to pick up in the U.S. a lot. So yeah, you're and saying that'll be good for you. We're say, you're saying that we do a lot of soccer bets too, and, and American play American subscribers might not be into all that soccer play. They don't. Yeah, they don't. A lot of people don't know, but I think it's going to get better as time goes on. Yeah, where the U.S. is going to come up in soccer and know what's going on. I think so too. Well, yeah, it's what I notice when I'm posting on Twitter, uh, the free bets is the soccer ones like usually dwarf all the other bets as uh, in terms of views and engagement. Because it's an international sport. And, and on Twitter, soccer is every day. It's every day. All year long. All year long. And it's it's um, Twitter is international, too. So like with NBA and NFL and uh, well, not NFL right now, but NHL. That just attracts American Twitters, and then, but with international, it's a world sport. I I've always said, Jake, like soccer, I think is gonna be what takes over you, BetSmart, in the future. Yeah. I need to add a lot more player props because those have done really well in the past, and there's a lot of opportunity that we could take advantage of with that. With player props, you always do really well on markets that are untapped. Yeah. And I think that's why you do good on hockey. Mm -hmm. And then with soccer, I mean, nobody's doing soccer player props and you're good at those. I know. We need to get the bot up for that. Okay. That might be at the top of your list. It should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's so many bets and it's just, it's time consuming. So if I don't have the bot's help, it's almost not worth it right now. I'm trying to just stick with what's going well. Yeah. when, when When we have the bot's assistance, it'll be a lot easier. So. Yeah. And I watched the uh, World Cup, the one that just, you know, for the first time I watched the World Cup. And it was really fun and exciting. I was watching it at work, where I work, and uh, other people were watching it. And I got to know Mbappe and Messi. And it's really interesting because you got all the countries involved and everybody's involved. I remember, you know, they had the World Cup in Qatar, right? Yeah. And people were saying... How can all these people go to Qatar? How can they afford that? Because you had all these people from Argentina and everybody, and they're all flying to Qatar, and it's like a, it's such a big deal. It's such a big deal to people in Argentina that they did a whole segment where they their whole life savings they spent on going to that World Cup, and then and it didn't it didn't um, it didn't disappoint because Messi and and uh, and Argentina they ended up taking it down. But the cool thing about that one was is the two stars, they're on the same team. They're both on Paris Saint-Germain, PSG. But the two stars both went got to the finals. So that um. made the World Cup like – you know how like the NBA focuses on stars and it kind of like makes it a little bit more interesting? They're going away from that, which is good. But like with soccer, they needed stars and they both got to the finals. So that was the perfect – thing that happened at the world cup cutter banned alcohol sales too originally they were going to have them and then with like two weeks left they ended up banning them or moving the tents for alcohol like it was like a mile walk to get them and no one was like i'm not going anymore if you did and- that for uh like the super bowl is like no uh no alcohol is being served i don't think you'd get the turnout you wouldn't you, would. you wouldn't and the interesting thing about that is i think i can't remember who the sponsor was it might have been Budweiser. Budweiser, yeah. Budweiser, they spent all this money and they had all the alcohol in this in these warehouses. And then at the last moment, the prince or the king or whatever it was, he's like, no, we're not going to do it. And so they had all this alcohol 
that they invested into it and they they ended up giving it away for free and then they just did a marketing thing where they're like oh he wouldn't let us do this so we're giving it away for free and they just turned it into like a free marketing thing another funny thing was the english soccer team all the wives they complained because they're like we're we have to wear these burkas and we don't get like treated as equals when we go there and so the so England, what they did is they hired, they uh, bought a a uh, cruise ship, and then they put all the wives on the cruise ship. And one of them, I saw on Twitter, one of them was like, "We can't drink at on land, so we're just going on the cruise ship and we're just having a party offshore." So they were like <laughs> parked like a half a mile offshore, and all the English wives were just like partying on the, <laughs> on the cruise ship. That's why it's going to be so cool when it gets to be in L.A. in 2026 because it's going to be just one giant party. It is. There's going to be so many people here. It's going to be so much fun. And Hollywood Park Casino is going to be overrun by (laughs) everyone. That little tiny casino there. All the casinos are going to be overrun. Yeah. Hopefully it's legal in California by the time that comes. Is that in 2026? Six. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I I was able to watch uh, SoFi Stadium get built. Because at that time, I was going to Hollywood Park on a regular basis for some reason. I forget why. But I would go there, and I, and you go up on the parking garage, at the top of the parking garage, and you could see SoFi. And as they built that, it was really cool. And then they tore down all the old buildings around there, like the old buildings that are around there. Yeah. That have been there for like 50 or 60 years. Hotels. Yeah. And they tore them all down. They built all new stuff. So it's, it's cool. Well, I know why you were going there. You were playing poker. Yeah, but I forget why I was going to Hollywood <laughs> Park because I go to Commerce and Hollywood Park and Hawaiian Gardens and Lady Luck. Have you heard of Lady Luck? I don't think I have. <laughs> I, I've never heard of Lady Luck. But yeah, the cool thing about the L.A. area that we live in in Southern California is they have a lot of like famous, world famous poker rooms like the commerce where they have a wpt event yeah commerce is like the is one of the big ones in the world yeah everybody like people in europe know commerce people in china and singapore they know they know commerce too another question i have is what were you what were you doing at the top of the parking garage i actually (laughs) just went up there to look and see what was going on with the the, with the building you were probably smoking some weed (laughs) (laughs) well checking out the buildings at that time I probably was smoking weed, but <laughs> now I don't. I don't smoke anymore. I I do gummies. Oh, okay, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I started doing marijuana like ten years ago mm-hmm. at, at night, and I was smoking. And then, but now I switched to gummies. I just do the gummies. It it, it, it takes an hour and a half to kick in, but gummies are better though. Yeah, the I think so too. The gummies are way better. I it's, think so. It's so much easier because you put them in your pocket and. You're in the middle of a poker tournament oh, four yeah, hours in. You can't go out to the top of the parking uh, garage. Parking smoke. Yeah. So you got you have to pop a gummy. And the gummies last longer, too, I think, right? Uh, yeah, they, they do. do. It, it, the, 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 the one big negative with gummies, though, is people go, yeah, but you don't get high right away, which, yeah. Because, like, a lot of, you know, you go to a party... Like, like, you go to a party and you want to get high, and you go, well, I'll take this, and two hours from now I'll be high. Well, that's not that great, right? Yeah. The, the, funniest, the funniest thing about us is that um, when, I was young, when I was younger, from when I was probably like 16 to 32, I would say somewhere in that range, I was like the biggest pothead in the world. 
I smoked all the time. I thought I was like hiding it from my parents. My dad, I later talked to him and was like, yeah, we knew the whole time. What are you talking about? And then right when I stopped and I haven't really smoked at all or taking gummies at all in the last 10 years of my life, right when I stopped, you started. I started doing it. It's interesting. That's one of the weirdest things. Well, one good thing that I've done is I've cut back on my drinking though. So that's, that's a positive for me. Yeah. (laughs) I used to drink, drink more at night. Now that I do the marijuana, I don't, I don't drink. I don't do the drinking at night. Just at uh, just on podcasts, I drink. <laughs> well, well, let's get into that a little bit. You you probably drank a lot in the seventies, and you were in a band that toured around America from nineteen seventy to nineteen eighty one. About seventy nine, seventy to seventy. Oh, from seventy to seventy nine. So I from I, seventy to seventy nine, and it was a. What would you call your band? Is it disco? Was no, it, it wasn't okay. disco. Okay, uh, I started. Uh, I started a band in, when I was in seventh grade, which is kind of cool, right? So what yeah. would that? Be? So I was in seventh grade, and I go and I saw the Beatles on Ed Sullivan show. It was like nineteen sixty two, sixty three, and I go. I saw the Beatles, and I go, God, I want to do that. So I went and bought a guitar for like fifty bucks at a pawn shop, <laughs> and I taught myself how to play the guitar. Uh, which a lot of people can't do that, but I did it. And so I grew up in Phoenix. And back then in the day, there was bands everywhere, which was really cool. There was like bands at the the mall, hmm. like the shopping mall. They would have bands. So I would go see these bands and you, it, they didn't serve alcohol. So you could be 13 years old and go. And I would watch the guys play and I go, oh, he's playing that chord. And I, I learned how to play the guitar and I got a couple of guys and... And we uh, started. We, we got like twenty five songs, and we played at parties. Like they gave us twenty five dollars to come and play at their party. That's pretty good in the sixties to get twenty five dollars yeah, for a party. Played, and, did and, you did you see? I know. Um, God, I'm drawing a blank. Who's the guy that came up in Phoenix? That was Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper. Did you see him around yeah. Phoenix? So anyway, uh, they had teen clubs. The, Teen clubs is where teens would go and, and see these bands. So they had two bands there. One was the Spiders and one was the Teddy Boys. The Spiders played Rolling Stones. That was Alice Cooper. And he wasn't Alice Cooper then. He so was, he, he was a cover band for the Rolling Stones? They were a cover Stones? band for the Rolling Stones. They played all Rolling Stones. And that was his name was Vince uh, Fournier. Is that's that his, his real name? That's his real name. And okay. he went to uh, high school there in, in uh, Phoenix. Okay. And then the other band played all Beatles songs. Huh. They were a Beatles covered band. And so, yeah. And then I remember going there one night and um, I'll call him Alice. Alice was there and he was wearing. <laughs> you guys are tight. He was wearing um, bowling shoes, right? And I go, wow, that's so cool, man. This guy's like wearing bowling shoes. He's like really out there, you know, he's edgy, <laughs> you know. And so in the sixties, uh, that was edgy. And so, uh, but and no, no. But fast forward, Scott and I were playing golf in San Diego. This was in the nineties. Bring it back to sports. We were playing golf oh, yeah. in San Diego. We were playing golf in San Diego, and we we had got done playing golf, and we're in the uh, clubhouse. In oh, the clubhouse having, in the bar. Area. We're in the bar, and we're having uh, hamburgers, and we're having lunch afterwards. And I go, Scott, look out there on the putting green. And we look out in the putting green, and Alice Cooper was on the putting green with his son, with like his eight year old son. I go, there's Alice Cooper out there. And then he walked into so the clubhouse. Alice Cooper walks in, and I walk up to him, and I go, Hey, how you doing? He goes. Uh, 
Remember when you used to play at that teen club in Phoenix? He goes, yeah. And he goes, I saw you there when I was like 14. And he goes, yeah, that's really cool. So then... The, you know what's the, wait, cool? wait, wait, wait. Then the oh. waitress, the waitress came over. The waitress came over, and she goes up to Alice, and she goes, "You're famous, right?" And he goes, "Yeah, I'm David Bowie." <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, "Wow, she didn't have any idea." That's great. And he goes, like, <laughs> "That's so funny." Uh, and awesome. me as a kid, like I was a kid then. I'd probably been like twelve or thirteen, and. And I knew the stories about you. I saw you play at a... We went to a dude ranch one time in Northern California. And you just like... ran. They're like, hey, we lost our bass player. Does anybody know how to ba- play the bass? And you're like, yeah. And you go up on stage and play the bass. And I was like, what the hell? Like, my dad can can play in a band? Like, just off a whim? But like... So I kind of knew a little bit of it. But when I was... I must have been like 15 or 16 when we were in San Diego. And just seeing you go up to Alice Cooper in a bar and you guys just start talking, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? What's going on right now? That's a good in with the guy where you go, hey, I saw you when you were like 17 years old. Yeah. And you were playing in a club. Yeah. It was on Central Avenue. And then after- he was so comfortable with you, too. Like, he wasn't like, this is a fan. Oh, my God. I got to. He was just like, oh, yeah, this is another guy I can talk to. I can tie this into sports. This is this is a cool story. So so I went through uh, my high school and we played at high school dances. And the, the most scared I've ever been in my life, we got a gig at our high school. Right. First time playing at our high school. And I was terrified. Because if you think about it, like you got to get up uh, in front of all your peers and yeah. what if you screw up? And I go, God, I don't know if I could, but I did it and I, I made it through. And, and everything. But anyway, this guy started a uh, club in Phoenix on Central Avenue and the name of the club was the Fifth National Bank. Okay. And it was started by a guy named Tony Cirkvenik. Okay. Tony Cirkvenik was from... Could have been from the Ukraine. He was Eastern European. Okay. He was like six foot nine. He's a basketball player. Okay. Right. Huh. And uh, he he played on the Arizona State basketball team. All right. Okay. That team that he was on came second in the country. They played in the national championship like in 1963. And they lost? Against Oregon. Oh, wow. And on TV, I remember watching it in black and white on like a little tiny TV, and they got beat. And he, he that's pretty cool, though. He, he was on the, uh, the, and so then he started the bar, and he was a really cool guy. He was really, really competitive. He, like we played all the, you know, you play foosball and you play uh, all the video game, the old video games. And oh, yeah. He always wanted to win. He hated- so he started a bar after... After he so did graduated. he not get drafted? No, he didn't play NBA. Oh, okay. He didn't play in the NBA. And so then he had a bunch of friends and they started the bar. And he was a, he was a really cool guy. And he was like a real womanizer. Okay. And so he never got married his whole life. Okay. He never got married. He just was like kind of like a Hugh Hefner kind of guy. <laughs> uh, there, there's another guy from ASU. I don't know what year it was. I think it was after you, but Reggie Jackson played at ASU, and he was a bouncer at the bars. Right behind ASU. where I lived. Right behind where you lived. So Did Reggie, you ever run in with him? Yeah, I, I saw him all the time. I saw Reggie Jackson all the time. Um, was he nice or was he a little he's bit of a an little asshole? Stand, no, he wasn't an asshole, but he's, he was a little standoffish. But I also ran into him in Vegas, too. I ran. He, We were playing in Vegas, and he came in, 
and sat right in front of us, and I said hi to him, and there too. But uh, when he went to ASU, a lot of people don't know the story, but when Reggie Jackson went to ASU, he went on a football scholarship. Did you know that? I didn't know that. <laughs> he went on a football scholarship. He started, he started playing football. He hated the coach. The coach was Frank Cush. He was a famous guy back then, but nobody knows him now. And this is he the was 70s? A, Frank Cush, 60s. 60s, okay. Frank Cush was an old school football coach. Like, Remember Woody Hayes from Ohio State? I don't know if you remember him. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not that old, but I know, <laughs> I know, the, I know the name. <laughs> but uh, but the, the old school football coaches, they used to hit their players and walk them around, yell yeah. at them. That's, that's Bobby, you know, yes, Bobby, Bobby Knight. Knight. That's how he got fired is that video came out of him smacking a player around. Bobby Knight was insane. <laughs> he actually punched a guy in the stomach hard. Can you imagine that? <laughs> that was on a national broadcast, right? The, yeah. Can you believe that? Yeah. The guy, no, okay. the, I saw the guy interviewed in the documentary. Yeah. He goes, Bobby Knight came up to me and just punched me in the stomach. And I go, what? What the hell's going on here, man? Yeah. Wow. So anyway, so anyway, Reggie Jackson, football scholarship, hated the coach. So he said, I, I don't want to play football. So he just so took up baseball? He said, I'm gonna, I want to play baseball. So I would, like when I would walk to class every morning, there was a baseball field. And I every day, Reggie Jackson was at that baseball field hitting baseballs every day. And you would walk by the baseball for, field? For eight hours, he would play. Just go into town. And he turned himself into a hitter that he wow. could hit and it was pretty amazing so my brother uh, i played baseball in high school and i was pretty good and my brother played and he was pretty good so i'm gonna say this about myself <laughs> <laughs> when i was a junior in high school um i hit 453 for the season what the hell? Right. And I was second in the city, which the city wasn't that big then. That was pretty good, though, right? Yeah. That's a great so I was, I had no power. I had You're just abs- getting hit. I, just, I, I was You're like, like Pete, Rex Hudler. Or Pete Rose. Or, yeah, Pete Rose is better than Rex Hudler, but P- Pete Rose. <laughs> I'm going to say Rex Hudler. <laughs> or Rod Carew. How about Rod Carew? <laughs> okay. Rod Carew. He's also, like, really great. I'm going to stick with Rex Hudler. So what I, what I had... What I had, what I had going for me was, I could hit the ball. And I was really, really fast, so I could like beat out, you know, uh, throws. You're fast. I was okay. fast. You're so, fast. Okay. So anyway, uh, so it was a lot of bunts, like Rex Hudler. I didn't bunt. <laughs> okay, is that I what didn't it? bunt. Infield hits. I would have lo- a lot of swinging bunts. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Which proves my point. I would swing and the ball would like. <laughs> would, You're oh, like, oh, I can beat this one out. Okay, and then so we got into the playoffs. Like in 1967, we we're in the playoffs, and we're playing Mar- Maryvale High School. And I, I did one of my swing bunts, I swear. So you did this on purpose? No. It was just all accident. And I got to first base. This- so I stole second base. I stole third base. I stole home. No. That's like Ricky Henderson. <laughs> I stole. And then on the front page of, of the sports page the next day was... Me sliding into home base. Oh man, that's oh great. God. That's awesome. Did you show Reggie when you yeah, went to uh, ASU? I said, "Look at that, Reggie. You may be able to hit home runs, but I can do swinging bunts. Can you do I'm, this? I'm the here. I'm the I'm swinging bunt guy. <laughs> you may be strong, but you're slow as shit compared to me. 
the thing that, the thing that amazed me about the the way Reggie Jackson could hit the baseball was if you go back and look at him, he was one of the few guys that could hit a low ball that was pitched really low for a home run. The ball would come in and he would like bend down. He would bend down and just knock it out. It was pretty amazing. You know who else did that? Was Bo Jackson. He did always he, he had a lot of like low swinging home runs. And uh, Vlad Guerrero. That, I loved Vlad Guerrero. Oh, I, I love that like, guy too. You, no matter where the pitch was, <laughs> like so I'm an Angels fan. Like I was so happy when we got him. But then to be able to watch all his games, it's like. I'm pretty sure he had a few that bounced before <laughs> the yeah. plate over for a home run. Yeah. I love watching that guy yeah. here. Yeah. It's amazing because I think a lot of guys, especially now, are like walk or home, if it's not close. Like I love Trout, but that's kind of, you know, he doesn't swing at a lot. Of, but if you're a really good hitter, just swing. If it's close, or even if it's not close, if it's hitting the ground, if, if you got a good, good contact, just swing at it. If you're good, you should be able to hit from anywhere. But nowadays, oh, every guy throws like 100, so it's a little harder hitting a ball off the ground 100 than a, than 96. It doesn't seem like that much, but that four-mile-an-hour difference is, is pretty... What happened in the game versus USA and Japan? Uh, so I didn't watch it. I watched the replay in ninth inning. They got a runner on, and then I think Mookie Betts hitting a double play. And then well, Otani was pitching, and then Otani came up against Trout, and it was 3-2 Japan. And the, everyone should watch that video because uh, Otani, it was a good at bat, but Otani threw, I think, a fastball, then a breaking ball, and then three straight fastballs, and the count was either 2-2 two and two or 3-2. Three and two. I think it was 3-2. and two. And then he threw the nastiest <laughs> pitch. It, it looked like right? a fastball right down the middle, and it ended up a foot outside. And Trout swung at it and missed. It was, no, you that was the game. He, if he fouled it, it would have been great because yeah. the pitch came in like straight in like this, and then it moved outside. And like Trout, yeah. and it was like beautiful. It was just beautiful. So you couldn't have written that better. No. It's Otani versus Trout. <laughs> yeah. It was who amazing. Were teammates. Yeah. And, and get and it's this three two coming down to the end. Yeah. Oh my and gosh. get this. I was watching Sports Center. Scott Van Pelt, when that happened, so he's going, okay, we're going to show you the baseball game today, the World Baseball Classic. It was amazing. So they show all the thing, and he goes, and now we're coming up to it, and they didn't have the clip. They went, oh, they didn't have the clip. Were you know what not, I'm talking about? They, they didn't have the clip. Were they not allowed to show no, it? No, they just screwed up. Oh, they screwed so, up. So, they're, he's, he, so Scott Van Pelt's building it up, building it up. And, and then, then they, they, and then Scott's going, I don't believe this. <laughs> He's going, I don't believe this just happened. On the biggest moment and of the biggest moment history. And the biggest moment. It was like perfect. And he goes, and he was like so pissed off. And but then like two minutes later, they did it. Okay. But and then it happened again last night. The they same, messed up. They messed up again. I go, what's going on? It makes us feel better about our <laughs> podcast. Because, yeah. I mean, we talked about it earlier. There's another podcast, We Might Be Drunk, that we love with Sam Rill and Mark Norman. And they have a bartender that his mic's not even on. <laughs> so they mess up all the time. ESPN Sports Center and the biggest moment in world baseball history. It was unbelievable. And they mess up. So we, we have not done a podcast yet. I think we've done like 13 of these or 12 of these. And we haven't screwed up on our podcast yet. Our last podcast was a disaster. Chris, what our, happened on the that? Fir- I joined episode, what, eight? 
that was yeah episode okay. eight that one went perfect there was no problems at all and ever since then every week we're having a problem with something it, it's audio it's video because we're trying to get the video going but we haven't yet but last week's podcast we had ak from the millie goats on that guy is awesome really nice guy really knows his knowledge about all sports especially golf and football um, and he bared with us. I can tell like we'd, we had some audio difficulties and he was a little like taken back, but he handled it well. I feel really bad. Like yeah. he's, I've still been texting with him and talking to him and he's been very nice about it. But I, I, if I was him, I'd be a little annoyed about what happened on the last podcast. I had to go back cause I had an echo every time I talk. So I had to go back and re-record everything that I said and then splice it back into the, so that's why if you hear me talking, I sound super monotone cause I didn't have a lot of time to do it. And I, it felt weird doing it. I've never had to do that before. I had to record everything I said. And then, we, had, like I said, we had to splice it back in. So, yeah, Millie Goats podcast is a great podcast that everyone should listen to. And hopefully AK will give us another shot. I think he will. <laughs> I mean, he, he likes likes our podcast, but... He doesn't like the technical difficulties. No, but they've had tech. Their their last podcast had uh, technical difficulties where it kept dropping everyone's uh, voice. So they he understood, but I feel really bad. And it's not we 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 didn't sound like super excited when we were doing it because of everything that was going on. And so I hope he'll give us another chance, especially when football season comes around. I think it'd be great to have him back on. So. Uh, yeah, AK, if you're listening, uh, we we apologize. Yeah, we apologize. I know I've already apologized to you uh, on the side, but uh, we'll do better next time when we have you on. Yeah, I was hoping you wouldn't mention that we cut it back, that we edited and cut all those in, because uh, Amanda, my wife, listened to it, and she's like, if you wouldn't have told me what happened, I wouldn't even have noticed. I think you actually did a better acting job then you give yourself credit the for the first two edits weren't good. They were like, I'm like, yeah, I'm a Rams fan too. <laughs> or I'm a Rams fan. It just didn't sound good. But the, I got more like uh, more inflection in my voice and sounded a little bit better. But the people need to know what's going on. Like we can't hide things from them. All right. Yeah. We screw up just like all the other podcasts. Well, let's get uh, let's get into a little bit more Vegas stories. I, I was I'll, I'll tell you my story about. Uh, so. We we're playing. I was playing in a band. We traveled. We traveled all over the country. So this is after college. Uh, yeah. So I, I went to college to get an engineering degree. Okay. So I'm getting my engineering engineering degree at Arizona State University, and I'm playing in the band every weekend. I'm playing in the band, and we'd play at high schools, and we were playing at college fraternity dances and stuff like that. And we were playing at a pizza parlor in Tempe. So you guys started at a- ASU. The band? Yeah. No. It was after it. Well, the band started in seventh grade. Oh, like you said. Okay. (laughs) Actually, the band started in seventh grade. And then, uh, so uh, we were playing at a pizza parlor there, like on the weekends. And then we got, when I was a senior in college, we got, we were playing at the Fifth National Bank where Tony Cervanic owned it. Six nights a week. And that's not a bank. That's a club. That's a (laughs) nightclub. So I'm playing six nights a week in a band, and I'm going full time college. That's not that sounds easy. like you need, that sounds wow, like you yeah. need a quick college. So think about this. So I, I'm I'm a half a year from getting my degree, and we have I I hooked up with this agent in Phoenix, which ended up being a he ended up being a really good agent. 
And so he calls me up on the phone and he says, hey, uh, do you guys want to go to Louisville, Kentucky and play? And I don't, I don't even miss a beat. I go, yeah, but guess what? If I go to Louisville, Kentucky to play, I got to quit school and not graduate. And I do it. That's pretty weird, huh? It's, it's kind of weird, huh? But it was a great decision. Yeah, yeah, it's a it is, and it's weird, but it's also similar to like I quit college to become a carpet cleaner. So, I mean, <laughs> so, so everybody I mean, fo- everybody follows their dream. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what are you gonna do? So anyway, I, I go, yeah, I'm gonna do it. So then I call my mom up, right? I call my mom, and I tell. Just think being your, a mom and getting that phone call and saying, hey, I'm quitting college and I'm going to go and travel around the country in the band. And she started crying. Uh, and oh, it was, we're gonna, We might have her on later yeah, to talk my, about my her mom's softball 90, career. My mom's 99 years yep. old and she played softball in the 40s. Yep. She played softball. So we wanted we wanted to talk about we talked about that in an earlier podcast. Yeah. And I think I had it wrong. I thought she played in that baseball league. But it was a professional softball league she in the Midwest. She played softball. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, but we still, I, I want to talk to her we about that. Have her on, man. I mean, playing in a professional softball league in the Midwest of America in the '40s, I want. I have so many questions. So w- one yeah. day we'll have a special episode. So I, I actually have a good story about Louisville, Kentucky. Okay. So we ended up going to Louisville. We drove. We drove everywhere. We never. You know, we had two. And this was the first gig. This is. Our first real road gig. Okay. We actually went to Tucson once, but we don't count that. You know, to we Louisville. So the first road gig was from Phoenix to, to Louisville, Louisville, Kentucky, which has so, got to be like a two day trip. We could do it in a day. Okay. Yeah. We we, we could do it in a day. Cause pop, we, pop a couple pills. You're doing it in a day. I I didn't do pills. <laughs> so we had two vans. We had two vans. We had our truck. We had three guys in this truck. And then we had a van. The guys in the van were doing whites, the pills. The, yeah, those were white but crosses. But we we didn't pills. do we didn't do the white. We mm. we just we just drove, <laughs> and so we drove to Louisville. It was the place was owned by the mafia. Patty, it was called the Patio Lounge. So we're playing, and we get done playing. It's like two o'clock in the morning, and you guys. This is another thing where you guys are too young, but I'm going to throw these names out. There's four names sports. It, this is it's kind of surreal actually if you think about it. So we're, it's a little bar in Louisville, Kentucky, two o'clock in the morning, on a Saturday night. We're sitting at the bar, all the band, and in walks four guys. Artist Gilmore, do you know who he is? I do. Artist Gilmore, do you know who Paul Horning is? I know Paul. Heard Horning. the name, yeah. yeah. Heard the name. Paul Horning played for the Green Bay Packers. With when they were winning, he was the running back. Okay. He was also a Heisman Trophy winner from Notre Dame. Wow. He was so, probably, was he a white guy? Not to he was a white guy. He's probably the last white guy <laughs> that win Heisman and play in the NFL other than Christian McCaffrey. Probably. Okay. Yeah, he was. He was called the Golden Boy. He was like Christian McCaffrey because he could do everything. He could do anything. And he another had, like, thing pat- they did back then that they don't do anymore. Did you know they used to do drop kicks? Did you know that he used to do drop kicks? Paul Horning did. Someone did that. Uh, was a Vinatieri like? Uh, it was, I think it was in a blowout like ten years ago. It, that's uh, 
Is that an extra point thing or is that a punt? That, I think it was an extra point. Yeah, they right? would do drop kicks. So instead of having someone hold, hold the ball, it. you you catch the kicker catches the ball and has to drop it and has to hit the ground and then kick oh, it. Oh, I've heard, I've yeah. seen that. He has before. to hit the ground and then yeah. that's crazy, huh? Yeah, that is. And that's just to get one extra point. Or a, so I that's how they had to maybe do it. Too. I think maybe, both. Maybe okay. I think, both. Yeah. I think both. But anyway, it's crazy. So so Paul Horning. Artis Gilmore, and then the third guy was Lenny Moore. Lenny Moore was the running back for the Baltimore Colts when Johnny Unitas played on the Colts. He was the running back. Isn't that crazy? And then one other guy who's very obscure, his name is, I don't know what these guys were doing together, <laughs> was Jack Marin. Jack Marin was a forward on the Baltimore Bullets NBA basketball team. Wow. So these four guys come in. They and, you, and you didn't do any acid before this. No. Okay. <laughs> okay. This is a true That's story. That's actually a good question. Because <laughs> I, I, I have to, I actually think about, I don't believe that actually, ha- I still think about it and I go, how did that happen? So all these guys, Aris Gilmore, seven foot three, and he's got this big giant afro like this. And so they all sat at the bar. So we're all sitting there and everybody's drunk. And my bass player, Roddy, who was my best friend in high school, starts to get in a fight with Paul Horning. They get in an argument. Roddy did? Roddy. Okay. And they get in an argument. And they're getting at a point where it's almost going to get to where they're going to actually fight. So Roddy's like Roddy's like 21 years old, okay? And Paul Horning's like 45, and I turn to Roddy and I go, Roddy, that guy will kick your ass. <laughs> yeah. He will kick your ass. You do yeah. not want to mess with him, man. Yeah. Hey, what are you doing? You yeah. know? And so I talked to him. Was I, he like a hothead? Back Roddy, in the day? oh yeah. Roddy was a hothead. We actually we ended up having to kick him out of the band. We we had we had he was my best friend in high school and he was one of the original guys, but um and uh so we had to kick him out because he didn't get along and then we ended up going with five guys. But that that was crazy, and that was gig one. That was our first job, so you could say like, "I'm going, man. This is going to be really interesting." Yeah, the next ten years are going to be pretty interesting. So then, what, what other things happened? So in, in uh, we were, we got a job in uh, Birmingham, Alabama. So we're playing. is this gig two or is this no? Just later? This was okay. later. Okay. <laughs> so we're in Birmingham and we're playing at the Boom Boom Club. Boom Boom Club in Birmingham, uh, and so the Boom Boom Club is really big. It's a so the other thing you got to realize is you had to be really adaptive because we'd go into a club and it'd be as big as this room right here. It'd be just tiny, yeah. and then we'd go into a club it's just giant. So you had to adapt to different clubs because we used to play at the Playboy Club in Phoenix, and it was a small club, and we had to like tone it down you know not play so loud so we're playing at the boom 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 it's holds two thousand people it's giant so um i go back to my hotel our little hotel that we stay in and i wake up in the morning and i hear like thunder and i go wow is it raining but it wasn't raining what it was is i was right next to liberty field liberty field was where uh university of alabama used to play at okay back in the day and, and uh, that was with uh, Joe Namath. With, with Joe Namath and who they have as the coach. Well, I, when 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 
when they were playing, Joe Namath wasn't playing, but the coach was Bear Bryant. Bear Bryant, that's who I'm So anyway, um, so I go, I hear all, it's the crowd yelling, and I go outside the motel room, and I go, oh, um, Alabama's playing Tennessee. That's what it was. Okay. And so they played the game. Everybody came to the club. Oh. All the people came to the club. Like the it perfect just, time to get the it gig. It was just packed. Yeah. And so I went to the bar, and there's Joe Namath. Joe Namus is at the bar, and uh, he was just really, he was the nicest celebrity I ever met. Was he drunk at the yes. time? Because he's always known to be drunk. Yes, he was drunk. So he was drunk. He was, at the, so he was in his 20s? How old was he at that time? Probably 30. He was playing oh. for the Jets. He was playing for the Jets, but he came back to see the Alabama game. He came back to watch the Alabama and Tennessee. And he got drunk. He's going to go to the bar. And uh, back in the 70s, Joe Namath was the man. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Because... He predicted when when he when the Jets played the Colts, he predicted that they would win the game. And Brent Musburger tells a story where they're all sitting out at this pool at the hotel, and they go up to Joe and they go, "What's going to happen?" He goes, "We're going to beat the Colts." He's almost like the first like social media or like uh, this new wave uh, media way star. Like w- the way to handle media is like confidence mm. and talking trash. And like making a wave, he was like the first guy yeah. to do that. He was like the first guy to like establish a brand for himself. Yeah. You know how like LeBron has a brand and Michael Jordan has a brand, or even like Kanye West. Yeah, he was, he like was the first West. guy. Like he was a, he was the brand of the guy. And he used to wear like mink coats. I was gonna oh, ask that he right. show up in his mink coat. That's a question <laughs> I was gonna ask. He didn't have his mink coat on, man. But he was like the suit. He was so nice. So he goes, "Hey, um, hey, me and my buddies." We're opening up a uh, restaurant down here in uh, Birmingham. Why don't you guys come over tomorrow to the restaurant? So we all went to the restaurant tomorrow and hung out with them at the restaurant the next day. And uh, it was it was really cool. But, uh, the, oh, and the other thing at the Boom Boom Room is, so uh, uh, a lot of people say, so anyway, the waitress comes up to me and she goes, uh, guess who was here tonight? And I go, who is he still here or are they still here and he goes no they left and i go who he goes elvis was here get out of town that, really but i don't know if it's true yeah it could have been but it, just, it could be true portion. it's it's the south right and memphis is not too far from no where Alabama and uh, we played in memphis and i got to go to graceland we we played memphis you never you never met elvis though you just no, were in the what, same what room happened was um when we played um the hilton hotel in vegas in the seventies, that's where Elvis used to play all the time. In Vegas, Elvis played at the Hilton. So here was the deal: our agent, see what our agent would do is he would hook up with agents all across the country, and they would split the commission. So I said, okay, our guys are going to the Northeast. You guys, you book them all through the Northeast. We'll split the commission. And then once we did that, they goes, oh, you're going to go to the Northeast. And they get a different guy. He was really, and he's still he's still an agent today. Is he really? He works with Paul McCartney. He oh. works with uh, rappers. Uh, I forget the guy uh, that he's the rapper he's working with, but uh, he sends me pictures of him with all these these stars and everything. And he actually he's booked um, baseball half times with big stars and everything. Oh, I think you told His me his name's about that. Charlie Johnson. He's a yeah. he's, he's a really nice guy, and so um, yeah, that that worked out really good. 
But in Vegas, when you went to Vegas and you were playing oh, yeah. at the same place where Elvis was playing, did you did you run into anybody? Oh, at a that lot place? of people. Okay. So what happened was they decided that when Elvis was playing at the Hilton, they wanted this other band in the lounge, not us. It was, and I knew these guys. They they were from Arizona too. Okay. And but so they whenever. Uh, Elvis played at the Hilton. They played in the lounge, which was pretty cool for them. So, uh, where did you guys play? In the lounge, but not when Elvis was there. Oh, see what I'm saying? I see. Okay, so you guys played just normally in the lounge, and then when Elvis was there, they, they would, play. would play in the okay. lounge. Okay, so, so you didn't get to so like what happened him. was they got a foot in and they didn't cause any problems. So they said, okay, we'll have you. So you guys caused problems. <laughs> what were we those could. problems? What no, were the problems? No, we didn't cause Roddy problems. Roddy was getting in fights with... Uh, Roddy wasn't in the Reggie, band then. Reggie Jackson? So anyway, um, the hotel was run by Baron Hilton. Baron Paris Hilton's... Uncle. Uncle, okay. Paris Hilton's uncle That's ran hot. the hotel. And I... I What'd you say? I said that's hot. It was a bad that's joke. Hot. Like her, catch, her, her catchphrase. That's hot. So um, I I read a little thing about uh, Baron Hilton, and we, I I thought Baron Hilton because my impression of him was he was kind of a fuck up, but he wasn't. He was an alcoholic, but he could function. But every time I saw him, he was drop dead drunk. But um, I I read in Wikipedia they said that Baron Hilton went in. He, he started the Hilton Hotel, and he really was a big factor in promoting the company and really did a good job in promoting the company and making them better, which that's really cool. That wasn't my impression. So anyway, he, he, would, uh, he would come into the club. Whenever he'd come into the club, he'd come in the club with two six-foot-tall models, one on the right side and one on the left side. That was to hold him up. <laughs> oh my gosh, he couldn't walk. And so he they were Because he was older or because he was drunk? Drunk. Okay. He was drunk. And he would come in and we had in the front of the stage were these booths and then back was tables. He would always sit in the booth right in front. And he he really liked us a lot, which was really cool. He really liked us. Do you think that that, that was the reason why you got the gig? Was it because he No, the him? reason we got we got the gig because of our agent. And so then we played. We played one, you know, we played the night. Well, we actually the first gig we got in Vegas was not the Hilton. It was Caesar's Palace. Have and uh, do you guys have you guys been to? Uh, oh yeah. In Caesar's Palace, there's a boat called Cleopatra's Barge. Okay. Have you? Do you know what I'm talking I about? I usually just head straight to my room, then to the tables. Cle <laughs> I'm not paying attention much to the ambiance that's around there. So, yeah, Cle so Cleopatra's Barge is that a boat or? A it's hooker? a boat. Okay. It's, it was still there. I was there five years ago. I thought it might have been a prostitute. <laughs> so anyway, oh, I know her. <laughs> I'm out of here, guys. <laughs> so anyway, it's Cleopatra's barge. It's a boat, and back then, it actually rocked back and forth. Now I was there like five years ago. It they don't have it rock anymore. It just stays still. Oh, so out where the isn't Caesar's the one that has that like water show that goes on outside? That's there? Bellagio. That's Bellagio. Bellagio does. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. This is a small. It's, Caesars has a boat in there? Yeah. I don't it's ever a, remember it, that. It, it, it's part of a boat. <laughs> it's part of it's a boat. Slow, it used to be a boat. It used to be, it used to be rocking back and forth, then it stopped. <laughs> now it's part of a boat. It's, pretty, so it's, anyway, a, it's a piece of wood that just sits there. So we played, and, and uh, so I remember playing the first night, 
And then we go back into the dressing room and our agent comes in and he comes comes in with this guy named Dick Green. And Dick Green was like the big, um, not Hollywood, but Vegas agent. Okay. And he, and he looks like an agent, right? Like you see in the movies. He had this like leather jacket on and everything. And I'm, hey, how you guys doing? You know, and, I'm and, picturing Mo Green from Godfather. Yeah. With a leather jacket okay, on. With a leather jacket on. With a leather okay. jacket on. Okay. And, but a little cooler looking than Mo. Okay. Okay. Little, like a more of an Italian, you know. Hey, how you guys doing? Yeah, because I think Mo Green was Jewish. Yeah. So he was more Jew- of an Italian it's either guy. Italian or Jewish. It's, it's the same thing. So he, uh, and they liked us. <laughs> They like to so once they like it once they once they like you you're in so 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 we were in, and so we uh, we played we just we we played there over the course of like five or six years we would go back to Vegas and play there a lot, and uh, uh, so the main guy that everybody knows that 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 I hung, that I uh, ran into was Bill Cosby, because Bill Cosby used to he played he played in the main showroom, and this was at the Caesars. At this was at Hilton. Okay, this is at Hilton, and you guys played in the lobby area, and he played in the main showroom. Right. Okay. Yeah, and um, and so Bill Cosby's there, and he's playing. So anyway, um, was he? He? I've I've heard he's a pretty nice guy. No. <laughs> no. Everything you heard about, like, here's the deal. So. I met Bill Cosby in 1970, right? And I go, this guy is a dick, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, that was 1970. You could tell he was up to no good. Yes. Okay. You could tell. And, and I heard like over the years, people have said that everybody kind of knew what was going on, but they didn't say what was, was going on. I, so I didn't big. know that. Because he was so big. See, I didn't know that was going on. I just yeah, knew yeah, from yeah. my personal relationship. with that he was So an anyway, athlete. so we played on stage and they, we had these two girls that would play on our breaks. They would play records. They were like this DJ. They were you know good looking girls, mm-hmm. and one of the girls was Wendy, and I dated Wendy. <laughs> she was my date. Yeah, and so I don't know um, what the quotation <laughs> for. Well, we'll dive into that a little later. <laughs> we dated. Okay, okay. So that'll anyway, be on episode two. So I'm playing on stage, right? And I look out, and there's Wendy sitting with Bill Cosby. Okay. Oh, you're and like, I go, Shit. oh, that's interesting. <laughs> So I, I, we, we take a break and I go down and sit with them, me, Wendy and Bill. And so I'm sitting there. He doesn't say one word to me. He acts like I don't even exist. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> and I sit there and I'm talking to Wendy and I go, okay, good talking to you, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Did he respond on that at all? No, just nothing. No, that's just, he just, was just like fo- laser eyed on Wendy the whole uh, time. Or just pissed that i sat down oh he did he just didn't yeah. want this maybe just, he's like who the hell is this he guy? didn't want me to sit down yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. Maybe and they're like i a- i mean I, I mean nothing maybe he thought you were a cock blocking him or something well, yeah probably yeah. well but no it did. was actually the opposite it was the opposite he was cock blocking me yeah. that's yeah. the way i look at it oh, there you go. <laughs> but it, that's the way i look at it i like it it's really hard to. It drug. was a cock block standoff. Sorry, Chris. It's, it's really hard to drug a woman with another man there. Yeah, yeah. Did you feel a little woozy that night? Uh, I just wonder. You know, Wendy wasn't. She was kind of spacey chick. So I don't, I don't know. Oh man. So anyway, Did you ever find out? You, you I never, never heard a story found about? out what happened. Oh. So it, the, and then the other thing we had was um, Baron Hilton let us. 
practice in the penthouse all the way at the top. So we, you know, we, we would get together and we'd try and learn new songs once in a while. Not too much in Vegas because there's so much going on. We're always hungover. So anyway, we're playing one day at the in the penthouse, and in walks Bill Cosby. We're playing in his place where he lives. And they let you play there? So he comes in and he goes... He probably remembered you from that. He's like, this is the... Uh, so he goes, plays in my room. he goes... He goes, what are you guys doing in here? And he starts cussing at us and everything, right? And I go, fuck you, Bill. Because <laughs> you, you remember the time before. No, you. I, I, oh, here's my, before. No, here's the ace and the, here's my our ace. Okay. I go, go talk to Baron. Yeah, yeah. You go yeah. talk to Baron. Yeah, we're allowed to be here. Baron likes us. And so, so we, what happened? Did he go talk to him and, and you guys were allowed to play? We were all good. We Heck were all yeah. Good. <laughs> you got one up on Bill. I really want to do a bad Bill Cosby impression right now. We, These people are playing in my room. <laughs> That's good. What are you doing? What, what, what are you people doing? Where's my jello pudding pops? What are you guys doing? <laughs> These white boys are in my room. <laughs> And he's like, and so uh, he said, get the hell out of here, man. So uh, that that was a lot of fun. And the other thing, so um, there was a Kino room right next to our where we played. And every night, just about every night, uh, Red Fox and B.B. Uh, King were in there playing Kino together. Wow. They <laughs> like Kino. Red yeah. Fox was a miserable person. Man, oh, guy, I bet. That it seems guy, like he was. Oh, he was like he did not want to deal with anybody. Was Red Fox? He was on the that TV Sanford show. And Sanford Son. Son yeah. oh, I Sanford. love that. So, uh, I used to work with his son. So my uh, uh, wife and I have been we watched shows before bed, and we started watching uh, All in the Family. Do you remember the show All in the Family? I think the next one we want to watch is Sanford and Son. Yeah. Sanford and Son's great. We, I we used, used to, to watch, watch that show all the time. Yeah. yeah. Remember when Chris, um, his son, not not uh, Red Fox's son, but the on Sanford and Son, the son. Yeah. Lamont? Lamont. Lamont. Lamont's you, son was Chris, and he worked at Harris Creek Golf Club. No. Oh. Remember when I worked there? You told me that. That's crazy. Yeah, when I worked there, he worked there, and that's he was like in charge of the pro shop down that's there. That's pretty funny. That's that's hilarious. But it didn't help me out in getting free golf or anything. But. <laughs> so yeah, he was, and Red Fox did a lot of coke. I think uh, BB, I BB yeah. did too. Lamont probably did too. Everybody in the seventies. It was the seventies. I mean, it was yeah, the seventies. You could probably say that for anybody. If you didn't do well, coke back then, you're kind of like a weirdo. Yeah, you were a square. Do you guys? You know, were Bill Cosby. Do you guys know who uh, Dennis Hopper is? He <laughs> oh was, yeah, for he was sure. in Easy, Easy Rider. Yeah. So Dennis Hopper. So a lot of like really surreal things happen. So I walk. Out, I, we take a break. I walk out of the place and I go around the corner. And there's there's Dennis Hopper standing outside, and he's all by himself. Nobody's around him. Where is this at again? Vegas. I missed it. This is in Vegas. Okay. Yeah, I just got done, took a break, and he's standing outside where we played, just okay. standing out there. All right, by himself. And I go, yeah, by himself, nobody. And I go, that's Dennis Hopper. And he's just staring into space. Uh, he's on like, something. I th- yeah, he must have been on something. It, he was just like staring. Did you just, say anything to him? No. Yo, you're you're <laughs> no, like, this guy's no. off on a trip. Can you, I should just leave think, him alone. Like, I walk off stage, I go around the corner, and there's Dennis Hopper <laughs> just staring into space, just like, 
looking and I'm going, okay, I don't think I want to bother this guy. And that's the only time I saw him. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I didn't see him any, anymore. That's that'd, only- be, that'd be great if you were the one on something and you just saw Dennis Hopper <laughs> in the alley. <laughs> well. <laughs> Could have happened, but it probably happened. I wouldn't mess with that's the big thing when whenever i you're really good whenever we see like a famous person you're good at like talking to them and making them feel comfortable whenever i go up i'm like i i don't even want to talk to them because i'm so awkward around them yeah like with joe list we just saw comedian joe list in la and you're really good with them you're like hey we love the podcast and you got got a a picture picture with them yeah that's a really cool That club is really cool. That that improv there. It's In the LA. Hollywood Improv on Melrose. You ever been there? No, I've only been to the comedy store yeah. a couple times. And that I think that might have been the first time I've been there. We, I went there with him to see Joe List, and then I went like a couple weeks later, and he couldn't go. And I went to that show that Adam Carolla put on. Mm-hmm. He put on that show there. And uh, I, one thing I've, I because uh, I picked up uh, Kevin Nealon's book. Did you know he has a book out? Um, I think I may have heard of it. So yeah. the book is he's he does caricatures. Yes, yes. He, oh, he's a yeah, he's an I heard artist. About that. Yeah, he's they're an good. Artist. I, I actually looked at. Them. Actually, they're it's really a really good. cool book. Okay. It's a really cool book. Well, so, save it for recommendations. Uh, we'll do your recommendation now. What uh, with the book? Yeah, buy the book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Nealon's book. So what he does is he does a character of the person, and then he writes a little story about you know how he met them and everything. And uh, but uh, Kevin Nealon was a bartender at the Hollywood Improv. Oh yeah, that's before right. At he, that bar before he even did stand up, he got a job as yeah. the bartender there. Yeah, and this guy named Bud Friedman is the guy that started the improvs, mm-hmm. and uh, he, so after a while, Bud said, "Hey, uh, why don't you go on up and do like five minutes?" So he would just like put his all his stuff down. He's he's bartending, right? And he put all his stuff down, and, and he'd go, go up out and do five minutes, and then he'd come back, and the people go, "Where the hell were you?" <laughs> you <know? laughs> he's got all these orders ready then, to go. And then the other the other weird thing is. When I went to the uh, Hollywood Improv and did saw the Adam Carolla show, that was the same day that that Bud Friedman guy died. He died. Get out of town. Are you and serious? And they had a big thing up there. We love you, Bud, and everything. And then, so he, uh, Kevin Nealon did a character of Bud Friedman and talked about him. Oh, wow. And then uh, he's, he's really, uh, his characters are really good. And, yeah. Uh, but the only one I, I didn't really like was uh, Jennifer Aniston. He did a character of Jennifer Aniston, and I'm looking at it, and I'm going, I don't really think this does her justice. I don't think she would like well, it. It is a character. It's I know. Yeah, I know yeah. what you're saying, yeah. but still, I'm looking at it, I'm going, it doesn't really so do it, her justice. Maybe maybe you got a thing for Jennifer Aniston, what like, everybody does. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you're like, ah, I don't uh, like I can't. I can't get into that. So his characters, you know, when you go to like uh, Knott's Berry Farm or Disneyland, like it's they're goofy, they're good. Uh, his are like color, and uh-huh. they're they're. Have you, they're have you seen so, them? Yeah, 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 yeah. They're yeah. So good. They're yeah. all color, and, uh, and they're really so. Yeah. yeah, he really takes a lot of time. Yeah, and he says like it takes he says it takes him like two or three months yeah. to do one. I think he did. He did one of Joey Diaz, and Joey Diaz was, didn't. Didn't, oh, he didn't like, like but, it. Well, I mean, jo- I think he was joking around. He didn't like it, but it's okay. like it's Joey Diaz's essence. Like, <laughs> yeah. just you could uh, you you know like sweating and like look like he's done like a, a pound of, of coke yeah. before. <laughs> it's you should check it out. Everyone should check it out, though. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of do- taking like two and a half months to 
do a caricature. It's going to probably take two and a half months to do this podcast. So we probably need to take a break. So let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. All right, we're gonna get away from the Vegas stories and all the the music, the dad's corner. It's not dad's corner. What was it called? What do you call it, Chris? I don't remember what I called it. It was um, stories story, with dad. Yeah, story time with dad. Story time with dad. Yeah, man, that was really good. Um, we're gonna get a little bit more into the you bet smart stuff. Um, with social media, uh, we just reached a milestone on Twitter. What happened, Chris? Chris's Corner. We have a thousand followers on the the handicapping Twitter, which is at U-B-E-T-S-M-A-R-T. So we just reached a thousand. I woke up this morning just to check it, and it was on exactly a thousand. It was kind of like a weird omen. <laughs> yeah, and the podcast is also Almost close to a thousand. It's like at like nine eighty or something. Okay. Yeah, but everything's yeah. been going good on there. We're getting more uh, engagement on our uh, tweets. Uh, before uh, you know, like two weeks ago, when I put a tweet out, I was getting like eighty people look even viewing it now. A couple times a day, I'll get like a thousand views and then 60 profile views and a couple link clicks. And they'll, so it's, it's growing, but a thousand people isn't even close to where I want to be. Um, I, I decided that I'm going to race you guys to a million. Uh, <laughs> you guys are racing to a million dollars. I'm going to race to a million followers. I'm starting way behind though. You guys got a $10,000 start. I didn't get a 10,000 <laughs> viewership start. So a 20,000 um, and yeah, we're at well, 50,000 yeah. now yeah. He's catching and you're at a thousand, yeah. but you're catching up fast. Yeah. So it's going good. Uh, just going to keep pushing on there. And then maybe we're going to try to do Instagram. We're on discord now. Uh, still trying to figure that out, but hopefully um, Reddit too. Yeah. Reddit. We're going to start, uh, branching out a little bit more. Probably going to have to bring another person on to do the Reddit itchy. If you're listening, um, <laughs> calling you out because you are the Reddit master. You send me Reddit all, things all the time, more political stuff, but, uh, yeah, we, we need to branch out into a couple other, uh, social media, uh, sites. So. It's going great. Yeah. And so for Twitter, it's at you bet smart. And then the podcast is S uh, at S B J S podcast. And then on discord, it's at you bet smart. Check us out on the tub, the dub club channel. There's 26,000 people on dub club where a lot of subscribers for dub club can go on and look at to see what handicappers, including us are doing. And once again, we're on dubclub.win. Search for You Bet Smart, and you you can subscribe for us on there. It's fifty dollars a month, and then also you can DM us, and we'll give you the promo code that gives you twenty percent off any package that you want to use on there. Uh, so that's dubclub.win at You Bet Smart. Um, also, uh, for the podcast, we're going on to on not on the podcast. We're going on to Discord too. Um, Discord has a channel called Dub Club, and then we're going to be making our own channel on yeah, there too, Yeah, right? it's called a server, so we're going to create our own server. We had one, but it wasn't connected to our uh, handicapping dub, uh, 
one, so we have to make a new one. So those are, those are the two big things that you can find us. You can find a lot of our free picks on Twitter and then also on Discord. Just search You Bet Smart on both of those and you can find free picks. Chris is at 69% win rate <laughs> yeah. on our free picks for this month. It's and, insane. And again, that there's you, no strategy behind it. Literally, it's it's the first picks that they usually put out if it's something cool like if i can find a cool picture to put along with it then I, that's how i'm picking them but they're winning at 69 percent. so i mean even if you just want to go on and try our free picks you'd be up a ton of money right now and then you go on to their picks that they're making and that's more where they'll tell you how many stars to bet on it which is uh units and yeah, it's winning a lot. And you'll hear from Jeffrey in a little bit here about one of our uh, subscribers, how much money he's up. And uh, it's uh, quite impressive. And I'm up, too. I just started using your guys' system when I joined the podcast. And you guys got Dub Club started. And, yeah, I'm up probably, I don't know, 50 or 60%. And how long we had Dub Club for? I think it's been about two weeks. Yeah. But like, yeah, let's we can hear a lot about what one of our subscribers is going through on Dub Club coming up right now at the mailbag. Let's get to the mailbag. I'm, I'm not going to um, uh, say anything but honest things here. I'm ashamed about uh, what has uh, come about in these emails, and I'll make no uh, excuses for it. It's just, it's, it's shameful. I got it. All right. Well, coming in from uh, our segment splits that we have, uh, call in if you like those segment audio recordings or call in if you don't like them. Um, or if you have an audio that you hear on YouTube that we can use for one of the segments, we'll take those. You can email us at youbetsmart at yahoo.com. Uh, we have a unique Yelp mailbag today. We have a subscriber from dubclub.win. Jeff in Ohio. How you doing, Jeff? Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for having me on. Hey, I gotta, I'm a little jealous of you because you're in Ohio where they have, you have full range of all sports betting. We're in California where we got to be creative about our sports betting. How do you like having legalized sports betting out there? Uh, it's different. So I kind of, before I got into, you know, the fan duel and all that, we had to go Bovada. We had to do the offshore betting. Now it's just, it's so easy and it's actually kind of dangerous if you're not an experienced sports gambler. So you really need to be careful what you're doing. When did it start in Ohio? Uh, January 1st, the beginning oh, of the so year. Of this year. Oh, Correct. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. So have you just year. been going, you just been going like full bore? In 2023, just yeah, exactly. Yep. Mm -hmm. You even you even like um, created a little uh, studio down there in the basement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is uh, definitely our. You know, this is my man cave down here. Sundays normally this time of year we're not down here too much, but football season it's it's full go down here. Yeah, that's awesome. We created a little something in the garage where we come out and. It's it's not what you have. Ours <laughs> right. is just like this little tight podcast studio. But yeah, that that looks really cool back there. Anyways, um, so you have you signed up with Dub Club with us, and how has that been going compared to what you've been doing earlier in the year for twenty twenty three? Yeah, so I started out at the beginning of the year just not doing any crazy bets, but probably what any average gambler would do. Um, 
going with emotional picks, not really just kind of going by what I thought I should do, thinking what I should do. Um, and I actually gave it up for a while after the Super Bowl. We cashed out a little bit of money. Um, and I'm just like, you know, I wasn't really enjoying it because it was just kind of a stressful experience for me. And like I, said, I just I wasn't enjoying it like I thought. And, uh, you know, Chris reached out to me with this with this dub club idea. No idea what it was. And ever since then, I've been having really good luck with it. Um, I can kind of go over some of the numbers or if you wanted me yeah, to. With, yeah. What are the numbers that you keep? Yeah. So you keep track of all of your stats? Uh, absolutely. I, you know, just in the beginning here to kind of see if I'm, if it's actually working, you know, okay, yeah. I, I it, it's, it's like anything else. You never, there's so many different betting, um, you know, sites out there that can kind of, you know, give you these props and stuff like that. So you just, you never know what you're really getting into. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, let me just kind of go, I just have some numbers here, nothing too crazy, but so when I first started betting, I put $150 into my account. Uh, currently sitting today, I have $1,936 and <laughs> that's just a little, I started on March 10th. So we're talking a little over two weeks. This is not just from the picks. I do do some live betting as well. So but I was going to, I was yeah. going to say the math doesn't add up. Like if you well, did all, all the stuff that we said at the units that we said, there's no way you could have got there, but so you must've been doing some stuff on your own too. Yeah. Yeah. So I do some, but I do all so I've so year to date I've placed 198 bets from your guys's picks alone. I have won 125 of those bets, which comes out to a 63% winning. Which for anybody that really doesn't know about gambling, that's elite. Yeah, that's <laughs> and, that's, that. and that's way better than <laughs> we're doing. So you're picking the right ones. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's but that's some other picks I've also changed. I've yeah, I've kind of gone different us a little ways bit? and, you know. Okay. Yeah, like anytime you've been. For anytime the most they, part, no. Like if they have like a Cavs pick that you don't like because you're a Cavs fan. I know that was one of them. You, you, I think they ha you had, I don't remember what the pick was, but you right. like, yeah, I, I bet the opposite of that. But uh, that yeah, that's something just, you should I've, do. That's something that you should do, though. Like you don't have to do all of our picks. If you're like, if you have some information where you're like, nah, that's, and the thing about our picks is they're very focused on the public. So if the public is going a certain way, they're, there's just a bet on that game that should be placed. But if we're, if you have information where we're on the wrong side of it, then fading it might be the way to go. So I'm not opposed to subscribers fading it. It's just like we have a system where if you do all of them, they work together as like a unit. But yeah. sometimes you're going to have information where like, I know I need to fade this. So exactly. yeah, that yeah. might've been. No, no, I get it. Yeah. And there's been times where I faded the picks and I've been wrong. So don't trust me. I've been, I'm not winning all the ones I'm fading. <laughs> it's, and it's, it's probably evened out. Honestly, I picks that I've faded that I've won and picks that I've faded that I've lost. It's it eventually it just evens itself out. I feel like so. And Chris, uh, yeah, but, you've been doing a lot of live betting. Uh, I do. I do enjoy the live betting. I don't do it a lot. Probably maybe one game a night, if if that. But um, I kind of got my own little little system for that. Um, I feel like you definitely need to be watching the game if you're live betting. That's that's a must. If you don't, that's that's one of the advantages of live betting. You 
you can kind of get a feel for the game, what's going on. And if teams are struggling in the beginning and, um, I feel like another big thing is just watching the, the sways of the spread throughout the game. Um, a lot of inexperienced gamblers don't know, like at the end of these games, the spreads are really close, mm-hmm. like really, really close. It's scary how close they are. Um, so I yeah, look so for those it, big, big, yeah, I look for those big sways in the, in the spreads. Like if I see all of a sudden an over under drops down 10 or plus points, you know, that's the kind of stuff I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've talked a little bit about that where we might want to get into some live betting in the future. Um, but the tricky part about that is we can't, as handicappers, we can't like send those out because by the time we send them out and then uh, a subscriber gets the bet, there's time has passed and the bet might not be there anymore. So that's something that you would probably have to do on like a Twitch live stream. Yeah. Um, but, but even then there's a delay on it. So it's like in a 10 second delay plus the 10 second delay on the TV, you're, I mean, the bet can change in 30 seconds, you know, live betting, like you try to get something in and it's like, Oh, bet didn't go through it. Line, yeah. uh, lines have changed or the odds have well, changed. Scott, like you mentioned on on the one episode, if you go to place a bet and you hit it, um, it will reject some of your bets. Now, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's necessarily because they, you know, they think the bet that you're making is good or bad. But it's just I think the lines are changing that fast. That's how fast these lines change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and usually I notice that if the line changes against you, they'll still accept the bet. So usually when you're getting a bet rejected, <laughs> it's it's double whammy because I'm like, damn, that was the bet. I was on the right side of that mm-hmm. bet, you know. Mm-hmm. But I sorry, I cut you off, Jeff, about some of the stats. Um, did you have any more? Yeah, stats? just just over the past two. So the weekend, the past two days, I've uh, really good luck over the past. The picks were hitting really good the past two days. Um, Thirty three bets over the past two days. Um, Won twenty four of them. 73% winning percentage, like just absurd how good that is. That is. And you, you continue to pick the right ones too, because we're not doing that great. It's uh, you must have a little bit of uh, what Chris has his, his mojo for free bets. Cause uh, yeah. Chris is in charge of doing the free bets that we send out on Twitter. And are, aren't you like 69% it's, win rate? might've been got up. Well, we, I think we went one and one yesterday. So it's probably, yeah, 69% still. But you did a bunch. You were doing those at the beginning of the month. But I think since I took over, yeah, it's about, you were about 69%. Okay. Too. We're both about 69%. So. Yeah. Some about those free bets. Maybe we yeah. need to just like cut all, all the other bets and just <laughs> do the free bets. The only thing is, is one of the parts of our system is that, well, I, I can speak for team plays is that I do a lot, a lot of them. And I sacrifice, I think I've said it before, I sacrifice the winning percentage and do more of them because if you run the numbers, you win more money in the long run. But uh, you just don't look as cool winning like 69%, you know? (laughs) But uh, yeah, that's that's great. Do do you have any questions, since we have you on, do you have any questions for us about you, BetSmart? If not, no big deal. But um, yeah, um, just like one of them. So... um, you know, sometimes when we get the picks, when they come in, the lines have already changed on them. Maybe sometimes not very much, like a point or two. Um, what would you, would you recommend maybe going the other direction in that bet instead of, you know, taking, you know, if the line changes, for example, from uh, like, uh, today's game, Mavericks minus 11. What if that, what if that jumped uh, down to Mavericks 
minus nine all of a sudden, would you maybe consider taking the other team? Would that be would that be right? Yeah, if they jump down to like Mavs minus nine, would it would it be smart to t- go the other team and take uh, to go less points? That's an interesting question. Or um, I guess it would be the other way. Let's say that the the line jump from Mavs minus thirteen from nine to minus thirteen. Would you then take uh, the other? T- yeah, the, the, the the take the thirteen points then at that point. Yeah. So there's uh, I'll answer both questions. I'll answer if it goes to minus thirteen or if it goes to minus nine. Because it happened in one of the games where it went down the opposite way to minus nine uh, a couple weeks ago. And um, Gitchy hit me up and asked me, like, what's going on with this? This seems weird. But I'll do the minus 13 first. So Chris just said before we went online, uh, it's at minus 12 now. Like, what should I do? And generally, if it goes we're, you're not going to always get the best lines. If it goes in that direction, I wouldn't go the opposite way because there's a reason why we're on that side. One of the biggest reasons is because we're fading the fanatics. We're going against the public. And even though the line is going up to minus 13, there's, let's say on that game, um, 30% of the public was on Dallas there's even though the line goes in that direction, there's no way it went from 30% of the public to 70% of the public. So it, it for it to swing to where I would want to go the opposite way, it the public would have to start betting on that so much to where it went to like 70% of the public. And that doesn't happen. So to answer your question, what I would do is I would either not bet it or just lower the bet size. So I don't know what you bet on on your pick. So if you let's say you bet 2% of your bankroll on every pick, maybe if you're getting it at minus 13, maybe do 1% or don't do it at all. But I wouldn't okay. swing the other way unless it goes the other way. So let's say Dallas, I put it out at minus 11 and it went to minus 9. There's some reason why the sports books, the bookies are moving the line towards the other team. That means that they have information that the other team now has an advantage and they need to move the line in that direction. So that tells me that they know something that we don't. So I would definitely not bet it, even though you're getting a better line. I would just look at what the information is, maybe like research it or hit us up. You can like DM us or text me. And we can figure out why that is. Usually in an NBA game, it means that somebody on Dallas, like, um, what's his name? I'm drawing a blank right now. Kyrie Irving? Or- no, the other guy. Doncic? Yeah, Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic? Yes, that, that means that he's not playing in that game. So it, went to, that, it was a two-point move to yeah. plus nine. And then you might not want to bet at, at all. But yeah, I... In e- I guess in the answer is in either direction, just look into it and either lower your bet size or don't bet it at all. I'd say the same with props too. I wouldn't, if it moves too much, I wouldn't touch it. So I, I, I would never go the opposite way on the props when the line moves. Like if I suggest an under and the, the line lowers a little bit more, I wouldn't do an over. Like, I don't know. I would do the same thing that Scott says. Right. I would just lower the bet size or stay away altogether. So. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, uh, thanks for subscribing. Thanks for believing in us. We need to like build up trust with our subscribers. We believe in this. We've been doing it for like 12 years and it just feels good that um, someone else believes in us. And thanks for jumping on. And I hope we uh, keep winning this year for you. 
Yeah, no, it's great. I know it's a short sample size uh, for you guys, but I mean, let's keep it. Let's keep it rolling. Let's keep it going. Absolutely. Thanks Absolutely. for coming on, Jeffrey. Thanks, Jeffrey. It was a pleasure meeting you. All right. Yeah. Nice meeting you guys. Thanks again. Bye, Jeff. All right. That's the mailbag. All right. We're back from the mailbag. Um, let's get into recommendations. You want first place, come play with me. You want second place, go somewhere else. Uh, I think we all have a recommendation. Anybody want to go first on the recommendation? I'm going to pick Chris. Okay, so uh, my recommendation is a podcast, and it's called Pint Glass Football Podcast, and it's hosted by a guy named Brad Fowler. Uh, He basically gives out his opinions and then news and hot topics for football. It's uh, one of the top 1% of all podcasts in the entire world, top 20% in all of football podcasts. Um, so I started interacting with him a little bit and, uh, he, he liked the show. He said, not sure if, uh, he's just blowing smoke up my ass, but, uh, he sounded like he, he liked the show and we're only a little bit in. I was trying, I was very, uh, not down on us, but self-deprecating. Like I basically said, like we're a five out of a hundred now. But we started out at a one out of a hundred, so we're moving our way up. And so, yeah, his podcast is really good. Uh, goes really deep into football. Has a lot of uh, interviews with people from like the sporting news and other uh, sports sites. So, yeah, check it out. It's a pint glass football podcast, and it's hosted by Brad Fowler. Nice. And we're a five out of a hundred, but with Dad on, we're six out of a hundred now. <laughs> All right, Jake, what do you got? Uh, my recommendation would be to just look at a Yahoo stock screener or Google stock screener and learn how basically you're filtering out all these stocks that don't meet your criteria. You could set whatever criteria you want and then the bottle will filter out all the stocks that don't meet that criteria. And that's basically how, what I'm doing. So With I'm, your player props. Yeah, exactly. So so you're doing like some... What you've done is you've created a model that's a screener. Yeah. Like the Yahoo one, but you've created it and you use it on player props. Exactly. So that way I don't have any bias built into the, the model. I'm not looking at somebody and be like, oh, that guy did really good this game. I'm going to bet on him. Like it has nothing to do with my feeling about any player at all. It's just literally I run a... A sports screener and whatever one makes that list and I do more research on it and that's how you get at least for my player props that's how I get all my bias out of it that's a similar thing that I was talking to you guys earlier about the team plays is I, I don't know what you guys said you said something about like you like your plays and I go no I don't I don't like my I I run the system what did you say I was asking about I think it was a Dallas game earlier and I had oh, the, it, yeah. it was you guys put it out as minus 11 and it moved to minus 12 by the time I tried to bet it and I'm like well, what do you, do you like it and you're like it doesn't matter what I <laughs> I like it's not what the system is telling me to bet yeah and Jeffrey also mentioned that in the mailbag too and that's the thing is like when you're fading the fanatics, when you're going against the public, most of the time you are me personally, just Scott as one person, I am a fanatic. I am the public. 
So a lot of times I feel uncomfortable about the own bets, but I just go with what the system does. But a lot of times I look at it and I go, I don't want to bet that. Well, even Jeffrey brought that up about how when he was betting before he was using the system, it was more off like how he feels. And he's still like doing that a little bit, like some bets that he with like he's a Cleveland Cavaliers fan. So if he sees a bet that he's like, I, like, I don't think that's right, then he can adjust it a little bit but okay. to do that as a whole you're not going to be able to know that much about every single sport and game so yeah you can just do it on like the the games that you focus on mostly I, I would say a lot of my player props i feel uncomfortable with and some i'll love and the algorithm will kick them out of my filter and some i'll hate and they they make it it doesn't matter what i feel like it meets the, the algorithm that we created so, yeah, I think you had three player props for Gonzaga last night, right? And they were all the unders. Yeah. And I was looking at that, and I was like, t- to me, as someone that's not doesn't see the algorithm, I'm looking at that, I was like, really, all three? Like, you think three people in the same game are all going to get the under? And what ended up happening? They all three hit. <laughs> they all three hit. Against a team that won by an average of 20 on each game before that, I think. So that does tell you a little bit about about it, though, is that those three games, they were winning by 20 is probably a little bit more than they should have been. And then we had a fanatic tell me, Dad, you said I'm really high on Gonzaga. That should have been. Well, no, I wasn't. Let me let me. Okay, qualify that. Defend yourself. I wasn't. I didn't say that Gonzaga would beat UConn. You did not say that. All I said was I really like. Gonzaga's coach. Yeah, you're sure. Yeah, and true. I actually saw like two thirds of the way through the game or something. I saw his face and I looked at his face and he's going, we're not going to win this game. <laughs> oh, yeah. We are not winning this game. No, but the thing about Mark Few is that he's the only guy out of all the big schools, Kentucky, North Carolina, Duke, Kansas, all the big name. He's the only one that made it to the elite eight this year. That's yeah. a big deal. Yeah, and and he he doesn't get like the greatest guys. He gets good players. Yeah, but I've watched him coach. I watched like three or four games this year that he's played. And he's a really really good coach. You love that conference because your favorite player is in St. Mary's. Uh, right. He's the a point guard. Play. Well, what happened was St. Mary's was playing Gonzaga, and it was an amazing game. When if you ever was that the championship, you should game? always try and watch St. Mary's Gonzaga. Because those games are amazing. It's in a light, little tiny venue, and they're it's it's so competitive and such good basketball. Yeah, between those two schools. So St. Mary's playing Gonzaga, and St. Mary's is beating Gonzaga. There, it's like this this year. It was the championship game, or no, was it regular season? It was just season? one of the games, the regular season game. And St. Mary's is beating them. They're up by like ten or twelve points. And what does Mark Few do? He takes out Timmy. You know their mm-hmm. center. Mm-hmm. Takes him out of the game. And I'm going, what happened? Did he get hurt? And Timmy's sitting on the bench like and going, what? Why am I in the game? When he took him out of the game, they came back and went ahead. Wow. He realized that for some reason, him in the game wasn't, the flow wasn't going correctly. 
So when he came out of the game, they started flowing on offense and hitting shots, and they won the game. Wow. He took out their best player. Yeah, one of the best won in the, the game country. And won the game. That's insane. Yeah, yeah. that's a good but, coach but that I has think, the confidence to do something like that. But I think he realized something, there's something about UConn. They're just like... UConn's good. They're hitting on all cylinders. And like, and like I said, a lot of people don't realize is that the coach of uh, UConn is Bobby Hurley's brother, which I didn't realize until a couple games ago. And it was pretty interesting. And he was at the game. He's he's been go, Hurley's been going to the game. Bobby Hurley went to the game. And uh, Hurley's the coach at Arizona State, where, which is where I went to. He's been there for like about eight nine years. He hasn't done great, but this has been his best year. So ASU beat U of A. Did you see that in the championship? Yeah, right? No. Oh, it, the second the it semifinals. Was just, it was it was a, no quarterfinals. Sorry. No ASU beat U of A in a regular season game, which is a oh. big deal for them. All right. Because they never they never beat U of A. You know, but anyway, and then so then ASU had a play-in game, and ASU beat Nevada by twenty points. They got into the the championship, which they haven't been in in forever. Into the tournament. Into the tournament, and they played Texas Tech, and they played really really well, um, uh, and almost beat Texas Tech, and they let, they lost on a last second shot. But um, I'm looking at ASU their team and I'm looking at Florida Atlantic and San Diego State. Uh, you you guys probably haven't seen those guys play that much, right? A little bit, yeah. Those we, teams we had a bet on FAU yesterday as a to subscriber win. to win. Yeah. Yeah. So FAU and San Diego State, if you watch them play, like they have no superstars. And the they're just a team. And you go, why are they good? And they and the game ends and they win the game and it's it's because of the coach and the, just the players and ASU's like that they have like a lot of really good athletes and they all just they're just going crazy and that that's a lot like FAU and San Diego State play yeah and, and San Diego State has a tough game because they're playing Creighton right now as we speak and Creighton what, I think is pretty good what's the score it's thirty three twenty eight at halftime yeah Creighton is crazy good. At offense, and they're good defensively too. Yeah, but offensively, like they have like four or five guys that can really score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a, it's a fun tournament. It is because there's no one team. I was going into the tournament saying that this is the year to where you can like hit a lottery on one of the teams that are a four or five or a six right, seed. Right, right. Because you can get like plus five thousand. Like St. Mary's was plus four forty five hundred to win. And one of those teams, you just, have, gonna to hit, come you just forward. have to hit the lottery. The other thing that I did was I, I bet three teams before the tournament started, and I go, I'm not taking any number ones. That was pretty smart, right? That was. No number ones made it. None of the teams, what did your t- you had Arizona, you had Duke, and... Texas. Is Texas still in it? So you still got a guy in it. Okay, nice. Texas is playing Today. San Diego State. Uh, Miami. Miami. Yeah. They're playing right. Miami, yeah. Yeah, Miami. And uh, Texas... Is really good. They're really, really big and physical. And one of the reasons why I liked them was in the Big 12 championship game, it was Kansas, Texas, and Texas beat Kansas by 20 points. Oh, wow. Yeah. And Kansas has a good team. Kansas has a good team. Yeah. And they beat them by 20 points. That's pretty good. So amazing. we'll see. They, we'll see I, what happens. They got a shot. They have a definite shot because if they if Creighton gets in, that's a six seed, a nine seed at FAU, then UConn's a four seed, and then it would be Texas. 
So Texas would be the lowest seed in the yep. Final Four. Yep. Yep. So they're all good. Uh, they're, they're all, all good, good teams. teams they're all good Any, teams. It was such a fun tournament to watch because there's no there was no dominant like in back in the day that sometimes there would be like oh well, you know Duke or North Carolina or they're, they're gonna Kentucky is gonna come up and win it. Yeah. You know, but this year no. Well, let's get back to the recommendations. I know your okay. recommendations <laughs> is not Texas. It My is, recommendation is uh, a book. It's a it's a sports gambling book by a guy na- uh, by a guy named Billy Walters. Okay, Billy Walters is a uh, he's seventy five years old right now. He has a he has a really great bio. He was raised in Kentucky and you know poor in a rural area of Kentucky, and then he was the one of the first. He 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 went to Vegas. And he was a group called the Computer Group, and they were one of the first ones to apply algorithms. Yeah, he's a legend. You, you know him? Um, yeah, of course. Yeah, I didn't know him. You uh, know him. I didn't yeah. even know who he was. I read this thing. I go, this is amazing. So he was the first guy to apply algorithms to sports betting. And um, so then he owns 22 car dealerships. He was a used car salesman for a while, which I like because I was a used car salesman for a while. And then, uh, so here's another thing about him. Um, he spent 31 months in a federal prison. For what? For uh, da, 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 insider trading, it says. Okay. And Trump commuted his sentence. When he was <laughs> That's great. And... Uh, so anyway, oh, and the name of the book, what's the name of the book? Oh, name of the book. And oh, he also had a lot of dealings with Phil Mickelson, which- uh, He goes know, over in the book, right? They, yeah, they're going to talk about it in the like book. Like gambling says, with him? Yeah. yeah. And it says, I think Phil Mickelson not, was one of his subscribers. Phil's not too excited about it, because you're not <laughs> supposed to bet when you're a golfer. Yeah, but he it's been in the public yeah, that he's done I don't it. care. I, yeah. I could care less, but you know. That's I, I respect him more for it. Yeah. Yeah, Phil's an interesting guy. He went to University of Arizona, and his brother was the golf coach at ASU for a lot of years. And now his his brother and Phil are both they're both sponsors of John Rahm. Oh yeah, they spon- right, yeah. They're sponsoring his mm-hmm. career. I think. Well, I think hey. I think Phil actually has a percentage of Rahm. And we got a special <laughs> announcement. We're having Phil on the podcast next week. <laughs> uh, that would be a nice one. Would you wouldn't you wouldn't get a word in edgewise with that guy? Probably not. I so anyway, the name shaking. of the book is um, it's called Gambler: Secrets from a Life at Risk. It's not, but it's not coming out till August. Oh, it comes out in August by what? What's his name again? Billy Walters. Billy Walters. Uh, Okay, so I heard about that. That that's kind of the rumor going around why Mickelson joined Live, right? Is because of all his like gambling. Betting. Yeah, all he had lost a bunch of money gambling, so that's why he's. So on, he moved over to yeah, there to take that hundred million dollar. Another another thing about him is another thing about Phil is he got that point in his career where he really couldn't win on the PGA. He couldn't compete with those guys anymore. There's too many good players, so why not take the money and go to a different league? Right? Makes sense. Yep. You know. Yeah, and he's got to pay off that gambling bet <laughs> debt. All right, uh, my recommendation is datagolf.com. I'm going to get into the weeds with it, but we just had AK from the Millie Goats on last week, 
And uh, even though we had technical difficulties here in the the podcast room, um, he was a great guest, and he went over DFS with DraftKings. He likes to do uh, daily fantasy sports on NFL and golf, and he got me into it. So me and your brother Robert, uh, Chris. Uh, we got, we both signed up on DFS for DraftKings and we both put in a golf pick for it. You could put $20 down and you, it's a $200,000 win. So if you win, it's $200,000. Everybody puts $20 in. There's about 40,000 people that join and you pick six golfers and we did it for the match play Dell that we used to go to that, uh, dad, we used to go to that tournament when I was a kid. Now it's in... Texas? It might be in Austin. It might be in Austin. It's in Austin. It looks like Austin to me. It's Austin, Texas. It used to be in San Diego, and we would go down to La Costa mm. um, to watch the golf. So, but I use datagolf.com, and all I did was I, I sign up for that. That's what I use for my golf bets. It gives you a bunch of data on golf, and it clues you in on a little bit of who to, who to bet on. But then it also has a DFS section where I just picked like the top six out of seven guys. Ended up being in the money. I think I won 30 bucks off the 20 bucks. There's nothing much. But I was one golfer away from being in like the top 100. And in the top 100, you win thousands of dollars. And that's off of datagolf.com. So that's my recommendation for this week. Nice. Check it out, guys. All right. Well, that is our podcast. That was a lot of fun. We're gonna have you, we're gonna have to have you back on, Dad, because okay. we, like Chris said, we only got up to nineteen seventy two. Yeah, I haven't I haven't even talked about Alaska yet. Yeah, we got to get into Alaska. I mean, I think we just got to the Midwest, really. <laughs> So we'll get into all that in maybe in the summer. We'll have you back on. And uh, thanks for listening, guys. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, that thanks. Was fun. Hopefully sooner than the summer. Hopefully sooner than the summer. All right, guys. Thanks. Bye. Peace. <laughs>